Good evening. So today uh, I was asked to give the talk. So I will be starting. Before I start, if there is any uh, on misunderstanding with my pronunciation or with the voice, or you please tell me. I think for us to be doing meditation like that is something very special and very wonderful because you have people all over the world sometimes, you know, although they are Buddhists, they have no time to practice the meditation. And I think if there is no meditation, then there is no deep understanding of the Buddha's teaching. So every day you have been sometimes coming to the hall in the morning and repeating the precepts. So maybe you would like some explanation about it. So when we look at the chart that was given to us at the beginning, we see many, many things and many, many divisions of uh, uh, practices and kamatana and things like that. But if we look properly, you know, down below, there is the part of uh, sila, and this is called mor morality. And sometimes we have tendency to skip it or just to misunderstanding, to misunderstand the meaning of, uh, of that aspect of Sira. So Sira in the with the commentaries it is explained it is divided into four types of Sila. It is Sila of uh, non The sila of non-transgression, avikamba sila. Then you have the sila of uh, sangvara, of uh, guarding the senses. Guarding, not guarding the senses. Mm -hmm. I will start again. You please excuse me. <laughs> I am not so much used to talk, so uh, also I had prepared a talk. And then I was asked that I should not talk about that. So now I am very confused.
So the Buddha's teaching sometimes is explained in detail and sometimes it is explained very briefly. So in the sutta, for example, in the, in the simple text, then you have a discourse and the Buddha will just say to somebody, oh, you do like this and you do like that, and uh, the person will go and uh, he will practice and he will get some insight and uh, some enlightenment, you know, kind of understanding. And you have another way of uh, explaining the Dhamma, and this is called uh, ex- the detail, the detailed way of explanation. So you have the brief way and then the detailed way. Also, a way to classify the, the Dhamma itself is uh, by way of the Sutta and then also by way of the Abhidhamma. So the way of the Sutta is uh, the explanation according to the conventional truth, what, what normally everybody calls uh, you know, the conventional things. So it is done on a very uh, practical basis. And uh, the Abhidhamma, it's more on the metaphysic type of uh, explanation, and it is uh, explaining the ultimate realities of things. So when the Dhamma is explained according to, dhamma, uh, to, the, according to the ultimate reality, uh, the concepts are not used. They use only the, um, the realities of things. So instead of saying, you know, a chair or something, they will, they will explain it in different ways. So uh, it will be easier if I start with a very simple uh, example. Like in the Anguttara, Anguttara, one of the book of the, of the Buddha saying, there is a sutta that, is, that says, uh, for one who is virtuous, so for somebody who practices sila, then there is no, no need for that person to, um, to wish, <laughs> to wish may I be free from remorse. And for somebody who is, av- who is free from remorse, then there is no need for uh, act of will of uh, saying, may I be free from, um, from uh, may gladness, may the gladness arise in me. And somebody who is glad, if you are happy, you know, and glad, then there is no need uh, for such a person to uh, uh, to say, may joy arise in me. And for somebody, who, if somebody has joy, then there is no need to say, may uh, serenity arise in me. And then with serenity, then happiness, and then from happiness, uh, concentration. And then with a concentrated mind, then there is no need also to say, um, you know, may I see the things as they are. Because with samadhi, then the reality becomes to be manifest. And... Uh, when the reality also comes to be manifest, then we understand <coughs> the things as they are, and then the mind kind of uh, becomes dispassionate and uh, liberated. So it's a, it's, it's a very natural process. It's a very natural uh, thing of, uh, of the way that the Dhamma goes. So we have to remember that uh, the Dhamma, yeah, there are many methods. So the methods, they are just techniques, they are just tools. And the tools are to understand ourselves. So the result does not depend on, uh, uh, it depends on how we are using those tools. Mm. So there, what is the meaning of sila? So the meaning of sila is, uh, 
We can say it is ethic, the way we behave, the way we live, the, our actions. Oh. And uh, then we can say also that the sila is manifested by the body action and then also physical action and then the, the vocal action. But also there is the actions of mind. And in Buddhism, this is very important. It's called the chaitana. So, uh, according to the way we are having our framework of mind, our volition, then the actions are going to, uh, to unfold in that, uh, in that direction. So first, like, uh, like I started to try to explain at the beginning, that there are four types of sila, that the commentaries explain the sila in four divisions. So they start with chetana, with the volition. No? So volition is really primordial in Buddhism. It's very important. And then, uh, then, uh, then also there is the, the sila, the morality of non-transgression. That is, uh, if you follow the moral precepts. For example, if we don't kill and if we, don't, uh, if we follow those rules, then this is also called sila. So this type of sila, it is not something subjective. It does not depend on, on culture or on the specific uh, liking of people. It's a, it's a law of nature that if we are killing pe- other beings or if we steal or if we commit sexual misconduct or if we lie and things like that, we are arming ourselves and then we are arming other people, whether we are American, African, or European. It's just the law. So by that type of sila, by not transgressing, by not breaking these precepts, then it's a kind of basis for going for a deeper type of sila. And it's like the the, the civil code of... Uh, of uh, conduct when we are driving, you know, on the on the street. So it is said, no, you should not cross. Uh, you should not cross when there is a stop and when on the on the red light, and uh, you should not go on the one way. Like that, there are rules of uh, <coughs> rules of uh, of conduct that uh, we need to apply so that uh, so that there is no. Uh, there is no disharmony with uh, with the traffic jam and like that. So the second the second aspect that uh, I found very interesting and that uh, I think we are missing a little bit is called the uh, sangvara sila. Yes, this is the sila of restraint. And this, is, this has to be done before we actually practice the meditation. It, is no, it has nothing to do with, uh, with the actual practice of, of uh, kamatana, of uh, a meditation uh, subject. It is just a restraint of the senses. So this type of sila that is called sangvara sila, it is divided in five. The first one is called, it is the same as, uh, as the... Uh, as the basic sila of not breaking the precepts. It is called... It is called sila sangvara. Yes. And then the second one, 
So this is the same as not breaking the precepts. No, it is non-transgression non, non of uh, the moral code. And the second one, it is called Sati Sangvara. This is uh, restraint by mindfulness. And this is including uh, restraint by the way of uh, the sense faculties, Indriya. So this type of uh, Sati Indriya, huh? Sati, sorry, sati Sangvara, that is restrained by mindfulness, then uh, we practice it by way of uh, mindfulness and by way of guarding the sense door. There are many ways, there are a few ways, in, a few indications how to practice that type of uh, restraint. And uh, one of them is that uh, uh, it is said in the text that uh, when we see a visible object with the, with the eye, then we don't look at the characteristic and the specific details and uh, get uh, caught up into imagination and wrong interpretation so that the lust or hatred de developed in our mind. So we, we, we protect the sense door so that uh, no evil type of uh, mental states arise in us. So with the sixth sense, it's like that. When we see a form, we just see something and then we don't, uh, we don't uh, interpret it in, in ways of, uh, uh, that is going uh, to bring us some kind of um, uh, greed or hatred or a kind of uh, uh, unskillful mental state of mind. So we have to practice with, with the six senses. So that is when we see something, then we are aware of uh, our mental content. We are aware of, uh, of our mind, how we react. And, uh, and we should not uh, um, kind of elaborate too much of uh, what we perceive. So there are many suttas that uh, talk about that same thing, but it's not, uh, they are just a little bit different, like the Bahia Sutta or the Malungshaputta Sutta and things like that. So, uh, for example, the last one is the Bahia Sutta. The Bahia Sutta, then, if you know, uh, it's the old man, old man, and then he comes to the Buddha and he asks instructions about how to practice. And the Buddha says, oh, you should train yourself that in the scene, there is only the scene. In the earth, in the earth, there is only the, uh, in the earth, there is only the earth. And in the smell, there is only the smell. So no interpretation like that with the sixth sense, with the consciousness as well.
another way also that is not really part of the Indriya Sangvara, but it's a kind of Sangvara, it's a kind of restraint. And it's a restraint, uh, it is called guarding the sign. Like uh, when we start to have uh, the, the nimitta or an object of meditation, then we should guard it all the time. We should all the time bring it to the mind. And uh, then the, the, the story, you know, they, they give the example of, um, of the monarch queen that is waiting, she is pregnant, and then she is waiting for, uh, for the prince to be born or for the child to be born. So when the queen is pregnant, she is very careful about the, about the child that she is having in the womb. And uh, she will do all kinds of things and always thinking in a very uh, protective way, in a very kind way, so that uh, she is not, uh, uh, you know, she, she is always wishing to protect the child that will be born. So she will not frequent, frequent uh, uh, place not suitable. She will be careful with the food that she is eating and um, She will be careful with her thoughts and the people with whom she associates. So uh, she will always be thinking about the new, about the child that is going to be born. So it's the same thing when we start to have the animita or when we start to have our meditation subject starts to be very uh, established or to some extent it's starting to be established, then we keep it all the time. Like uh, the instructions that were given, you know, so far is about anapanasati. So you are, you are told to observe anapanasati in all the time, you know. But uh, this comes only at the last stage when we start to get the nimitta, when we start to have a really clear sign of uh, the meditation object. So before we reach that state, before we are able to keep the, the nimitta or to keep the object very clearly in mind, then we have to be careful <laughs> with what we are doing. Mm. So we have to be very mindful. So the mindfulness of what we are doing is mindfulness of the actions themselves and also mindfulness of uh, our, state, uh, our state of mind. Then the third one is uh, called Jnana Sangvara, that is, uh, that is the restraint by knowledge. And this is very important because uh, knowledge is, uh, is really fundamental. Knowledge is uh, the understanding of what we are doing. So if we don't understand <laughs> what we are doing, then the results are not to be as good as, as if we understand what we are doing. So it is very important. And what is it? that we understand so far in the, in the aspect of sila. Oh, we understand that uh, oh, if I do this type of uh, actions, then the results are not do going to be very good. If I do that type of actions, then the, the results are going to be very good, you know. So by knowledge, we, are, we, we, can, we can restrain ourselves. By knowledge, we, have the, we, we get the experience and also the, the skillfulness to direct uh, our actions. So that type of knowledge that, that comes with the mindfulness, it is uh, sometimes uh, defined as the sampajanya, 
that we find in the Satipatthana. This is the, the clear understanding. So in the commentaries, they divide that type of uh, clear understanding into four. Like very briefly, I'm, I will not go into detail, but very briefly, it is the clear understanding of uh, the purpose of what we are doing. So we are aware of what we are doing and we know why we are doing it. The second type of uh, clear understanding is clear understanding of uh, suitability. That is, we understand that this is the best way to do what we are doing, and this is suitable. The third, time, uh, the third type of uh, clear understanding is understanding about uh, uh, the, our, to, to be able to keep the mind clear on the meditation object, or clear about uh, what is uh, the domain of the mind. And the fourth one is when we reach the stage of vipassana, then uh, there is a clear understanding of uh, non-delusion. We understand the things as they are, and uh, in the sense of uh, non-self and uh, suffering and uh, changing. Then another type of uh, sangvara it is called. Uh, um, it is uh, we we get the restraint <laughs> with the effort. So with effort, uh, the effort is the predominant uh, <coughs> quality of mind that will bring uh, that will bring uh, the correct actions. So uh, it's like uh, if if you are a school teacher and then there is a little boy in your class and uh, he is very mischievous, you know, so then you will accept him in your class, but you will not permit him to do, uh, to do nasty things. And then you will encourage him to do the good things. And uh, you will uh, try to see that he con continues to do good things. And the last one is a uh, sangvara of um, the patient. So we have to be very patient. <laughs> we have to be very patient with ourselves because sometimes there are things we, we cannot change. So we have to accept it. But here the conditions are really special. It's very rare to have that type of, uh, of setup. So uh, I think to be patient it's not with the external environment because there are there is almost uh, no, no disturbance here. It's almost uh, really perfect. The food and the climate and uh, the w the nature. So if we have to be patient, I think it is with ourselves. So this is the four type of restraint. Huh? So the f the f the five types of restraint. And uh, then the third type of sila, we started, I will, yeah, you probably have a very difficult to follow me because I think I'm not very clear, so I will repeat again. The first type of sila was the, the sila of non-transgression. Non the second type was the sila of restraint. So that sila of restraint was divided into five. And then it comes the, the sila of, uh, of intention, and then the sila of uh, 
conscious concomitant, jitasika. So when we abstain from uh, when we abstain from uh, taking life, or when we abstain from um, from taking what is not given, and when we abstain from doing those things that are not so good, then the chetana, the volition that comes together with it. This is a type of, uh, this is the fourth type of sila. So, uh, this f- fourth type of sila is that uh, there is always a good intention, there is always a good will when we are doing things. So when we are doing things, we have to be very careful with our intention all the time. The way to develop that, although it's not part of the sila, uh, we can develop that by practicing the meditation on metta. So the metta meditation can be also practiced from time to time. Because uh, there are two types of uh, meditation. Like we have the main, uh, we have our main meditation, which is anapana or something like that. And then there, there are other meditations that are called the general types of meditation. And one of them is the practice of metta. So metta, we from time to time, when we are tired or when we are a little bit, uh, you know, something is missing, we can practice this and. Uh, when we practice metta, then the advantage is that uh, we get a very harmonious uh, living with the other people and with uh, the environment. So it is suiting very much the, the correct living. And the second type of uh, meditation that we can do is also um, meditation on death. So we think, oh, we think about our own death. So this type of uh, thinking brings us to the fundamental of life. It brings us to, uh, to see what is essential for us to do. It's a reminder that uh, oh, I'm not going to be here very long and uh, what is more important for me to do. So we keep to the essential. But those two things are not part of the sila. What, call, what is called sila, it is just the way of uh, behavior. So I said that the sila is very important because, because what it brings, only that type of thing, only to have a good life, to, have, uh, to live, uh, we know, with morality and uh, with good intentions. What does it bring? It brings uh, blamelessness. It brings uh, non-remorse. So this is the kind of bliss they say in the, in the sutta. Just the bliss of non-remorse, it's really wonderful. When we have a peace, peace of consciousness, when we have a good consciousness, there is, that's a peace that is very difficult to buy. And we cannot buy, actually. So, so this is very rare. So if we think about that, you know, then we can ask ourselves, in my life, do I get that type of happiness? Do I, do I get that type of non-remorse and that kind of uh, 
peaceful abiding that is just coming from the way I am living. That's very important. Because it's fundamental. Sometimes, you know, like especially for us, you know, Westerners, we come across Buddhism and, uh, and then we very often we could be introduced to Buddhism w- with meditation. So we start with meditation and, um, and then we, f- we forget about the basic things, you know. And then the second type of uh, happiness that we get is the uh, happiness of the uh, by guarding the senses. So when we are not so distracted by the things, then we are able to censure. We are able to um, <coughs> to stop the the things that are not so uh, positive, the the things that are not so uh, good for our mind, because we control the senses. So only after that, uh, this is a very strong support for the for the meditation. I would like to uh, apologize because I'm not very clear, and uh, I should organize maybe a little bit better. So if another time happened, then I will be more prepared. So uh, there was a question. I will try to answer. The, to, to there was a question that was asked sometime <laughs> last week, and uh, I found it a little bit amusing. And I uh, know, oh no, not. I will talk later about that one. The first, there are two questions. So there was one question, and the question was: uh, If we don't get the jhana, like for you, no. You have all come here, and then we give you a chart, and uh, you have all kinds of things. And so, uh, if if we don't get the jhana, what do we get? You know. I think like if we take the chart itself, you know, <laughs> then uh, then I mean you, we now you look at it and you say, okay, oh wow, at the beginning it's very interesting and very enthusiastic, you know, I've I never seen such a elaborated and detailed way of explanation, and then and then now it's almost two weeks, you know, and then we <laughs> we, t- we take the chart again, you know, and uh, and then we say, oh, well, actually I'm not even in case number one, you know. I, <laughs> So <laughs> we need to think maybe to hurry a little bit. Or so then the, the question arises, okay, now if I don't get anything, what, what would have been the purpose of my joining that type of retreat? So the, the question comes with, uh, why do we come to meditation? If we come to achieve something, 
then, then it's a little bit of expectation. And then we are missing what is going on. If we come, however, with the idea to understand, okay, how I am, how, how the mind is, uh, um, how is the mind functioning? How am I getting uh, more happy? How I get more peaceful and more concentrated? And so it's a question of understanding. So this is very important. So the attitude that we have toward uh, meditation is something uh, uh, that is really essential. And then w- when we come with this approach, then we get a lot of things, you know, because it's really special to have that opportunity to be very quiet to ourselves and then to listen and to know a little bit about ourselves. And also with that practice, which is a con- mostly, you know, st- now starting with the samatha, then even if we don't get to the jhana, the mind becomes very clear. The mind becomes very clear and uh, more concentrated. So that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of advantages. Then I was thinking how to compare, uh, how to make a simile with this thing, with with that type of thing. And uh, then I was thinking about there are some young people now in Asia, and uh, they learn, they they want to work, you know, outside, and they want to um, to find jobs. So there is a type of uh, there is a type of training in accountancy. Accountancy, you know, they learn how to be accountant, and uh, the 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 course is called uh, MYOB, and uh, it means mind your own business. So that's wonderful, you know, that's wonderful. So if we can apply that principle, mind your own business. If we can apply, apply that principle to meditation, then it's really great. So what is the meaning? Mind your own business is, okay, now I work on the, on the sila. You know, I try to understand, okay, what is, the, what is in my life that brings me benefit? What are the good things that are, uh, you know, this is sila. And also to mind our own business is not to be, you know, taken up by all kinds of distractions and all kinds of sense pleasure that are a little bit useless. So... I think if we think like that, then it's, uh, I think we can get something. And also, if we don't get anything, then we can uh, learn a little bit of uh, patience because uh, it's a long time of, it's a long practice. It's not very easy. If we look at, I know some monks in, in Burma, and uh, you you read their biography, and it's just amazing, you know. It is really amazing. Sometimes they spend years and years. And and then another uh, advantage or that we can get is that uh, if we find ourselves in the Olympics, you know, they, were said, they, they said that last week about the Olympics. So if we find ourselves in the Olymp- Olympic game, so if we don't get the gold medal, so not only what will have, what will we have gained? So uh, we might have gained, uh, we might have gained uh, to see that uh, maybe this is not very uh, appropriate. Like uh, I don't know, like uh, if we are very short and a little bit fat, you know, and then we are in the competition of diving. So then we think, oh yes, maybe next time I I better compete for the weightlifting or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, 
or if we are running, you know, on the marathon that is very long, then if it's not suitable for us, then maybe we will think uh, to go for the sprint or something, something different. Or if not, you know, then maybe we can just think that oh, when I go back home, I, I will I will quit smoking and. Uh, I will reduce the amount of potato chips when I listen to the TV every evening. So this will be enough. So whatever we, whatever uh, purpose we have come here, I think we, we get a lot of benefit. It's really a question of uh, how we face the practice and uh, like that. If we face it with the idea to understand something, then we get, uh, we get some benefit. Another question that uh, arose, and uh, this is the one I found amusing, is that uh, somebody asked, uh, can I take my shower you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning? Because uh, it is announced that we cannot take the shower uh, before 5 o'clock. So the person asked, can I take my shower so early? And uh, the reason was that... Uh, he was waking up at about 3.45, and then between 3.45 and 4.15, he didn't know what to do. <laughs> so then by having a shower, then it will occupy his time and uh, he will be happy. So uh, I found it amusing because uh, we, we, what we are missing actually is the gap between A and B. So in life, we are always going from one place to the other place. We are sitting, and then we go to the dining room, and then we go to the dining room, and then we go to our own room. And then from our own room, we go to the parking lodge, and then like that, you know. Then we go to the, our, our house, then we go to the work. But in between, what is happening? Everything is missing. So if we can apply mindfulness, you know, right from the beginning and all the time, the continuity, then, uh, then there will be no questions of uh, what shall I do or... Oh. Uh, we will be uh, actually life itself you know it is just uh, like we speak about interval no like the, the, there is an interval from a to b and uh, always in between we forget what uh, exactly we should do so life we can see that life is a big interval, like an interval between birth and death. So what do we do? <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh, I think that's enough. Uh, if you have any questions, you please ask anything.
Yes, if the, if the breath is not clear, then you count. And then, uh, if the breath is not very clear, and then if your mind is wandering, then you should use the counting. But when the counting is matched with the breath and the breath becomes very clear, then you can just drop the counting and stay, together, and stay with the breath without any counting. No? But, but thinking also notice, you have to choose between what, counting the breath or noticing whether it's a long breath or a short breath. How about those two options that we have? We can either count or... Yeah. Yes. 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 Can we do both? Well, you may not have time if you count them. <laughs> well, if you like, yes. If you like, you can switch. Yes. Yes, like uh, it is just in general, you know. So then, if you are re- if you are set, uh, fed up, you know, or if you are your mind is really distracted, then you can do you you can do that that type of thing. Or if you are doing something, you know, then you can also practice metta. But if we if you keep changing from one to the other, it's not uh, your concentration will not build uh, very strongly. But uh, if you if you do it from time to time, then it's very good, you know. And they compare. Uh, they compare that like a, like a fire. For example, if we start a fire with a big piece of wood, then it's very difficult to light on. Uh, it's very difficult because uh, the, it's a big log. So what we do at that time is we, we take a little piece of wood or we take paper or we take a, you know cardon or something like that and then we put it in the fire. And di- that kind of... Uh, of uh <coughs> Uh, smaller things, they, they 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 get inflamed very fast, and uh, and then by uh, the flame being becoming uh, very fast uh, light, then the the big log eventually will burn very easily. So when we practice metta, then uh, then when we come back to our meditation object, then it's much easier because the metta has boosted a little bit uh, our. Uh, our faculties. So uh, you can try. You 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 can. It's better to do to do one or the other. But they are all connected. Like it's it's how how the body. You c- we can see like the breath is a is a physical process. Huh? The breath is a physical process. So if you are aware all the time of your breath, if you start to practice metta, then you will see that your your breath will will. Calm down, and you will see also that uh, your body becomes relaxed, and then also, you know, the the, the body will be affected with, by what you think. So, uh, but the attention will be mostly one or the other. Like if you pay attention to the body, then it will be uh, the object will be the body, like the the breath. But if you pay attention to the to to uh, to the beings and wishing them uh, happiness, then the object will be uh, the beings. Is it? Is it the Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so the longer you keep with the spot, you know, as the Sarado instructs, then the better. And uh, you should keep like that, you know. 
and uh, this is much better. But sometimes, if the mind is really wandering, and uh, sometimes you, we need to be a little bit, uh, you know, to get some vitamins, <laughs> then uh, uh, we practice metta, and this is very helpful because uh, we cannot be concentrated all the time. This is uh, very difficult. So the questions remain: when we are not concentrated, what are we thinking about? Where is the mind going? So this is the point of regarding the faculties. We are aware of the mind because what happens, you know is that I have seen people in, in a retreat, then they get very concentrated, and then they get very deep in samadhi, and sometimes they go out and uh, they go back home or something, and then they are just becoming completely wild. They have no sense of continuity sometimes. So if we train ourselves in daily activities to be aware of our mind, then uh, we are able to make a distinction. We are able to... Uh, to separate, to discriminate that ty- the, 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 the thoughts that are, that are good for us and the, the thoughts that are not so good for us. So, so to keep an eye uh, watchful of uh, our states of mind and what we are thinking when we are not uh, in, in deep concentration, that's very important. And, uh, the other day I was giving the example of, uh, of, uh, of somebody catching a fish so the point with the with the meditation object, you know, to choose a meditation object is uh, to have a reference on which you can watch your mind. Otherwise, the mind is just going everywhere. You know? But if you hook the mind to something, then it's very easy to to see. Okay, now the mind has uh, has gone uh, 20 feet out of the of uh, the initial object, or it has gone 100 feet, and then you know you, we are able to to make a reference. So. It's like that with the meditation object. So it's like catching a fish. Huh? So there are there are some tricks, you know, that the fisher, fishermen do. Is that uh, sometimes they are fishing and uh, and the line is not very strong. It's very weak line. And uh, if they are to catch a big fish, then if they reel it and uh, bring it close to the boat you know, with force, then the the fish will be stronger sometimes than the line itself, and then it will break because the, f- the fish will be afraid and uh, it will break the line. Huh? But the clever fisherman, what he does is that uh, he brings the, the fish close to the boat, uh, and then when he sees that the fish gets afraid and wants to go away, then he just loses everything. So the fish is just going, but, but he is on the hook, you know. So once he has gone very far away, then the fisherman is calling the, 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 the fish again. And then like that, you know, it goes back and forth. And at a certain point, the fish gets very tired. And then at the last time, you know, sometimes then it's very easy for the fisherman to catch, to, to catch the fish. So sometimes it's like that. We, are, we have hooked the mind on a meditation object. And we keep it there all the time. But sometimes the mind just wants to go wild. So sometimes we, it's good just to know what, the, what, are, what are the tendencies? What are the inclinations of our mind? So with the hook of mindfulness, we just watch, oh, the mind is going like this, or the mind is going like that. So then we, are, we, don't, we are, don't worry, and we accept it. Oh, the mind is, uh, is wild, you know, with anger, or wild with projections, or wild with uh, any kind of thing. And then very patiently, we, 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 we bring back the mind too. And then at, at a certain point, the mind will find so much interest in the object itself, and so much joy, that uh, it will not wander away, and then you will be able to uh, 
to maintain the you know the continuity for all the time and the mind will be so clear that there will be no there will be no need to uh, to have so much control because uh, it will have its own um, you know it, it will be guarded and also it will see its own advantage because it's it is with experience it's not to say okay now those things are good and those things are bad it's to say okay now when i am angry Am I happy or am I not happy? You know, it's not very pleasant. So when we realize uh, that is, it is our disadvantage to be uh, uh, in those uh, states of mind, then we are not interested anymore to uh, to indulge in that. About what? When you were going to uh, give a talk about something, but it didn't. Yeah, so. Well, I, w- I wanted to introduce about uh, about my life, you know. But according to the rules, the monks they are not supposed to talk about. <laughs> but it's easier to talk about that kind of things, no? So I thought not to show, but just to uh, to 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 see how <coughs> how we can get some. Uh, some ideas or, you know, by experience of other people. Not to show the experience as something special, but just to share also, like, uh, every day I, we listen to you, you know, and then we learn something from you. So same thing that I was thinking. What is the difference with awareness and mind? No? So mind, mind it, it is the consciousness, if we you say, and mindfulness is a, is a mental concomitant. Mindfulness is a quality of the mind. Can Sado say something about that? <laughs> <laughs> Translate does. Hmm? They translate my. According to Buddha's teaching, my. What is my? Some translate does. They translate consciousness. Chitta. Chitta as my. In our Abhidhamma, there are two times. Chitta and Chitta Chaita, they translate consciousness. Some translate as mind. Chaita, they translate mental factors. In one, within one mind moment, Chaita and Chaita always arise together. Without Chaita, mental factors, Chaita alone cannot arise. Without Chaita, Chaita alone cannot arise. They always associate to each other. 
And so at least there must be eight types of mental formations. In some cases, like Anabhananjana, there are 34 mental formations. So if they translate mind as Chaita, consciousness, what is Chaita? Chaita is Vijjanana. Vijjanana is knowing the object. What is the meaning of knowing the object? Jananama Ubaladi. Ubaladi is taking the object. If, if one my moment can take the object, this is called consciousness or chaita or my. For example, in your eye, there are eye transparency, chakupasara. Please pay attention. Do you see this chakupasara? Do you see? No, no. Can you see by your direct knowledge? This untransparency. No. You cannot see because you do not yet practice Rupa Kamatana, huh? material meditation. If you cannot take the untransparency, we cannot say you know the untransparency. But if you practice systematically for elements meditation, one day you may realize this untransparency. Other than we can say, you know the untransparency because you can take the untransparency object as a mental object. So, Janana. No one may can take the object only. If you cannot take the object, we cannot say you know the object. If you can take the object by your knowledge, eh, then we can say you know this object. So, mind is knowing the object only. But that knowing is not penetrating knowledge. Penetrating knowledge is Wisdom Pagality. But if you know the eye transparency by penetrating knowledge, then at that time also consciousness always associate, always present. If you can take eye transparency object, that ability is called my consciousness. If you penetrate the eye transparency, this ability is called wisdom pagality. If you remember again again this eye transparency, this quality is called mindfulness, sati. So, in within one mind moment, there are different types of mental formations. So, each mental formation has its characteristic. While you are practicing mentality, gamatana, meditation subject, other than you will understand how many mental formations take anabana, patibhaga, nimita, here, counterpart side. Penetrating anabana, counterpart side, in pajana, my moment, there are 34 mental formations. They are working, there are different types of functions. So other than you, you will see clearly. Now, temporarily, you must try to understand mind is 
just knowing the object only. But knowing the object means not penetrating knowledge. Just may taking the object only. Maybe this term is maybe confused for me. So they translate awareness is associated with wisdom faculty. If awareness is associated with wisdom faculty, then this is called penetrating knowledge. But awareness, eh, taking the object, saying or not, I don't know. Mm. So just. Maybe in this case you should roughly accept my as Chaita Chedesiga. It is better. Both Chaita and Chedesiga perceive the breath, awareness the breath. It is better. Because at the day, to distinguish this is Chaita or this is Wisdom Fagality is not easy. Because in this case, Wisdom Fagality is very weak. Maybe maybe the awareness at that time awareness is similar to my chitta. But in Bali they are different terms, different meanings. In English which term is similar to Pali term? Sometimes a little bit difficult to explain because we are not expert in English. And, and there was just one other part of this question was um, the the in I know in Asia they think of the mind heart rather than the mind being in the head. Is that correct? You think of the mind being in the heart? No. <laughs> not every mind. <laughs> no, not every mind. <laughs> uh, not every mind. There are roughly six types of mind. Six types of mind. <laughs> Maybe you see me now by your eye. Huh? So unconsciousness arises depending on your eye transparency. You hear my song. Your ear consciousness hear my song. Ear consciousness rights depending on your ear transparency. You may smell something. Eh? So, 
knows consciousness arises depending on your nose transparency. You may taste something, some food. Tan trans, tan consciousness arises depending on tan transparency. If you touch your body, you can feel touching sensation. So that body consciousness arises depending on body transparency. So altogether five. Other consciousness we call Manodadu eh? Manawinana Dadu. My element eh? my consciousness element. They arise depending on heart base. So brain. According to Buddha's teaching, on the brain there are body consciousness only. Body consciousness means if you touch your brain, you may feel touching sensation. So that touching consciousness arises, body consciousness arises depending on body transparency in your brain. So there are eight types of mental formations together with body consciousness. They are, for example, contact, fasa, virna, feeling, sinya, perception, chirna, volition, igagata, one-pointedness, jivita, life faculty, manasigara, attention, eh, together with body consciousness, or together, eight types. Eight types, chita and chitisigas, arise to be there on your brain. But, only now you are practicing anabana. If you see anabana bhutibhaga nimitta, for example, counterpart side. And then if you can concentrate well on your anabana counterpart side, then full absorption may arise. That full absorption may be pachana concentration. That pachana concentration arises depending on your heart base, not on your brain. That part general concentration, there are the depot mental formations. What are the depot? Please practice up to Namagamatana. <laughs> you will understand clearly. <laughs> well, I noticed that if I, if I brought my heart into play and, and it raised the energy, otherwise the, um, the concentration on the breath was just flat. Concentration also arises depending on your heart base only. So, but if you can discern Pajana Fetas, Udega, Vichara, Bidi, Sukha, Igagra, at that time you will understand these Pajana Fetas arise depending on your heart base. At that time also you can partially understand, not fully. Full Full and powerful understanding is you must practice Namakamatana, mentality, discerning knowledge, discerning meditation. At that time, only you can clearly understand this my element, eh? my consciousness element, rise to be there on your heart base. According to Buddha, there is throughout the body. Everywhere body consciousness can arise. Any question? You can continue.
Like, like the question is that uh, the meditation that uh, explained about death and also about the meta regarding the chart that we got it's not there it's it is it is uh, classified after um, somewhere a little later it, it it is after the all the casino yes it is just before the vipassana so the reason for that is that uh, uh, it it is that uh, it it is explained there because it it leads to the maximum uh, potential of those meditation that is like the meditation on death will lead to well upachara samadhi but uh, the meditation on the metta then when it is done at that time it is used for the jhana so it is used for the jhana so that's why the, it is classified there yeah No meditation, no, just meditation on, the, on death, like we reflect on our life and we reflect on the eventual death that, that is coming to us. So we, no, the skeleton is something, it's very, there are differences, you know, like also the meditation on the corpse and so this is different. Yes. Yes, this is a very this is a delicate, you know, when it comes to to subtleties of ana practice, it is very subtle and it is very delicate. So the point is that uh, uh, the breath itself, it's a process. It's a physical process. It is just the air coming in and going out. So how do we know the breath? We know it by touch. You know, we know it by touch or we know it with the with the sensation, the physical th- sensation. And uh, so when we know the, 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 by the physical sensation, then we know the breath as the element. We know the breath as the vayodato. So it's not the breath. The breath itself, what we call a breath, it's a concept. Because the breath, the breath is, uh, is only the, the, the vayodato. But the breath that we call the nimitta, or the breath as such, it's a concept, it's a mental creation. So we know the breath with, uh, with the, the physical uh, sensitivity. 
So they meant what they called an apana spot, it is just the physical sensitivity. And from there, with the touch, <laughs> then we know, we know the air. Uh, uh, with the touch, we know the concept of the breath. So if we know the concept of the breath, then it becomes the nimitta. Actually, the, the example is that uh, uh, it's like planting a nail. So if we want to plant a very small nail on the wall, we take, we take our fingers and then we go with the hammer and then like this. No? So we cannot see the nail. How do we know the nail? We know the nail by the, by the touch feeling we have between our fingers. Uh, so when, we, when, when, when you say, okay, now I'm going to, to nail the, the nail, then you have to, to be aware of the nail with your fingers. So the fingers is the, the, the sensitivity of, uh, of the body. And then you know, uh, if you know the hardness of the nail, or if you know the cold or the heat of the nail, uh, it's the element. You will not know the nail as a concept. So, huh? you understand the difference with the concept? Oh, yeah. Then, huh? uh, yeah. So once you are able to once the, the nail is planted a little bit, you know, in the wall, then you, 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 you drop out the, the fingers, and then you can just know the concept of the, the nail with your mind. So it becomes a, it becomes a mental object perceived by, uh, by the mind. Yes. Yes, because if you pay attention to the feeling, then it, it becomes it, it becomes a vedana nupasana. Huh? You you are aware of feeling, and then if you are, uh, if your attention is on the touch, it's also uh, uh, it's also something different. Yes. Yes. Thank you. What is the difference between the light of wisdom and the nimitta? The the nimitta is a concept. So it's a mental creation. The, the light of wisdom is the is the it's the you Sado maybe can explain this better. <laughs> Every consciousness which arises depending on your heart base can produce mind produce subatomic particles called clavas. Every day, every consciousness. Because of this reason now, 
we can bend, we can stretch. Because this mind, if we want to bend, then it bend. If we want to stretch, it stretch. So my produce, calabas spread up to this. Not only through, but really, actually, they spread throughout the body. But my produce, calabas, especially if you emphasize here, they, they produce here also. In the same way, every consciousness which rises to be on hard pace produces mind, produces clapas, subatomic particles. While you are focusing on your natural breath, when your concentration develops, the breath will be nimeda. What is nimeda? At that time, also the light of wisdom will be surrounding your body, everywhere. What is the light of wisdom? <laughs> Natural breath. For example, I will explain first. Nimeda. Natural breath is mind produced clapas. If you gain disempore element systematically. The breath is nothing but a group of subatomic particles. When your concentration develops up to jhana stage, for example, your concentration becomes powerful. At that time, because of concentrated mind, wisdom faculty also becomes powerful. That concentrated mind in wisdom pagality, headed by wisdom pagality, that consciousness, jhana consciousness, produce the natural breath. But at the day, this natural breath becomes powerful. Why? Jhana consciousness is powerful consciousness. That powerful consciousness produce powerful superior subatomic particles. Because of concentration, you can see if you analyze these particles, in each particle there are eight types of materiality. Earth element, water element, fire element, wet element, color, odor, flavor, nutritive essence. All together eight types. Among eight types, there is color. That color begins luminous bright. When concentration becomes deeper and deeper, the color becomes brighter and brighter. But not only one color, but that jhana consciousness cannot produce not only one color, but, but produce numerous uncountable colors. Combination of this calabas as a compactness, you can see the color. Color also begin compact. So, among those subatomic particles, there is fire element. That fire element is called temperature. That temperature also can produce new generation, new calabas. That calabas also begin superior ones, 
if you analyze those clubs, they are also in the same way, eight types of materialities. Among eight types, there is color. That color also luminous and bright. So, one meditate day, is a, he observed, when after emerging from first jhana, he can see his nomadia coming from his heart place. But internally, my produce calabas are only rice internally, not externally. But that nimeda not only internally, but also come out <coughs> uh, beside your nose So this is external. That external is temperature produce calabas color. But in Medina cannot see this calabas. He is playing as a, as a nimeda, as a competitiveness only. Then as a solid, he can see here as a nimeda. So this is nimeda. In the same way, that jhana consciousness can produce superior mind, produce clubbers. These clubbers spread throughout the body. Among those clubbers, there is fire element. That fire element also can produce new generations, but these new generations are called temperature-produced clubbers. These temperature-produced clubbers are spreading not only internally, but also up to externally. But these clubbers are very subtle. When a meditator has enough concentration at the day only, he can see. These clubbers Color of those clubbers also luminous and bright. That color, external color, is called wisdom, the light of wisdom. But internally also there is color, bright. That brightness is also called the light of wisdom. But internally is both. Mind produce clubbers color and temperature produce clubbers color. External light is only temperature produce clubbers color only. But that color depends on which the power of wisdom faculty. When wisdom faculty became powerful, the light of wisdom became very bright. When the light of wisdom faculty is weak, the light of wisdom also became faint, not so bright. But that wisdom faculty depends on concentration. Samahido yata buddha janadi basadi. A concentrated mind understands the Dhammas as they really are. In this way, Buddha taught. Because of this reason, the proximate cause of wisdom faculty is concentration. When concentration becomes deeper and deeper, the light of wisdom also becomes more and more powerful. When 